Welcome into the Mountain Brook Schools podcast. I'm William Galloway, the communications and PR specialist, and I am on the back half of the glass for this episode to interview our superintendent, Dr. Dickie Barlow, after his recent recognition as the Alabama State Superintendent of the Year for the coming year 2023. Congratulations, Dr. Barlow. That was a very exciting thing for you to be named the Superintendent of the Year. Uh, Take us back to that moment and uh, at your conference last week up in Florence. (laughs) Well, first, um, William, this is quite awkward, I'll be honest with you, Um, especially since I'm in this room all by myself and looking at you through a glass. And so, um, but yeah, it was a it was heartwarming, I guess. Um, essentially, went through interviews the uh, last Tuesday, and um, where there, you know, there are nine districts as far as the uh, school systems are concerned, and so each district uh, nominated a person for their district superintendent of the year award, and then those nine people are interviewed by I think five. Um, superintendents and some former superintendents and state department and so they asked a few um i think five questions and um and then you just kind of go on your merry way and we were in a meeting at the beginning of the um the wednesday part of the conference and uh ryan hollingsworth the executive director for ssa made the announcement and said you know hey we want you to come up here and speak but let's make it short and so I was actually uh, texting somebody back in our school district at the time and missed the first part and they called my name out and I was like oh oh my goodness am I in trouble what happened (laughs) I felt like I was being called to the principal's office except this was good so Uh, I, I know I speak on behalf of the people here at the central office and uh, on, on the school system, but, you know, you are such a fantastic leader. And on this podcast episode, you know, I want to ask you some questions about your experience as superintendent, but also talk about your experience in education. Um, I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast and this community of Mountain Brook, you know, know your name as superintendent, but hopefully through this podcast in these next couple of minutes, they'll get to know you a little bit better other than their, you know, the standard hello when you see Dr. Barlow at the football football game or uh, at a play or at a volleyball game or something like that. So hopefully we get to know you a little bit better as we kind of dig into your uh, experience as superintendent, but also uh, your many years in education. We've got a lot. You do, you have a lot of experience, um, not just as superintendent, but as a, as a leader, as a teacher, as a principal, um, as a coach and things like that. So we're going to get into that, which I'm excited about. Let's go ahead and start with talking about uh, you've been at Mountain Brook since 1996. Now you've been superintendent since 2009. You were assistant superintendent before that. So kind of in your leadership administration role, uh, we'll go back to being principal of the high school and assistant principal. But at, here at the central office, um, being assistant superintendent for a year and then now superintendent for all these years, what does it mean to you to be um, the leader and to be, you know, People say the leader, the head, but really it's a collective. I think you would say it's a collective job to, to lead the school system. What does that mean to you to be able to have that role uh, and to be able to lead the people and the teachers and the students in this great community? Well, honestly, it's a, it's pretty humbling um, because we have some pretty phenomenal people in our, our district. We have a whole lot of phenomenal people in our district, not just teachers but administrators and um you know, our support staff, the people in our support staff are phenomenal parents and students. So 
to be named the superintendent in, of Mount Brook Schools was, uh, well, it was scary, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I know you're not talking about that yet, but when uh, uh, there was conversation about, hey, are you going to interview for the job for superintendent? Or are you going to apply for the job? Um, it, there was a lot of thought that went into it because um, – because I had so so much respect for the position, because Dr. Charles Mason before me uh, had been superintendent for 16 years, and he's a brilliant man um, who just grew this school system leaps and bounds. And you know, it's a bit like following Bear Bryant, or when somebody follows Nick Saban, or you know, you can do the list on and on. And um, and so it was intimidating and humbling and. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we had such great leadership with our board that it was just – it, the school system was set up to, um, to move forward. And so it was a, just, a, a, just a phenomenal opportunity. And, and since 2009, I'll say there have been a tremendous amount of thing, positive things that have happened. There's been challenges uh, as to any job, any position, anywhere you go. Uh, but there have been a lot of great things that happen in this community, and the school system has driven a lot of that. W- what can you say uh, in these last years since 2009? Maybe three to five things uh, that stand out to you, maybe not by a product of what you've done, but what you've seen in our school system, in our community, in your time, in your role as superintendent. Wow, that's a great question. I wish you'd have asked me that a couple of days ago so I could have prepared for this. That's, um, that's the beauty of, of being the interviewer <laughs> is that you get to ask the questions and you don't have the pressure of being the interviewee. Um, let's see. The things that I've seen and or that I'm proud of as far as our system has gone is uh, the continuity of thought. I know that's probably what not what most people think, but um, – Usually in public education, people do things for a couple years and then they go on to something else, and there's never any finality to it. There's no finish. Uh, there's no consistency of thought. And because we've had – Mountain Brook's been really fortunate in that they've really only had four superintendents. Um, there was one um, interim superintendent that uh, that's here for a year, but other than that, four superintendents, the first three served – 16 years each and so there's states all the way back to 1959 that's right and so you know dr mason he brought in this concept of engagement um and we worked long and hard on that and then when i was offered the job you know the we had set our uh, our purpose statement in 2009 to provide an effective challenging and engaging education for every one of our students and so it just sounds like one long run-on sentence, but the truth of the matter is it's so um, compact with work that needs to be done. And so uh, that's what we've been working on for the last 14 years, and that's what we've been talking about. And um, even now, you know, as you well know, we've been going through professional development and every person in our school dr- district so that they know what we're talking about, what it means. We have common language. We're all moving to become a learning organization where we value every person in our district. Um, and so that's one of the things that's been really um, rewarding is that we, as a community, have a common language um, and a common direction. Uh, other things that have taken place that have just been um, 
just bonus is that, well, one is I mentioned that the, the people we have in our school district. And for me, the joy of coming to work every day is the people I work with. Um, quality people who have great ideas that love to uh, move the school system forward or help students learn, help teachers learn. So that's been great. A couple of situations or, um, if you will, movements. Uh, you know, in 2011, there was an H1N1 virus, and um, we I got together with uh, our chief technology officer then, and we sat down, and I said, I just have a question for you. And, and what they were talking about in 2011 is, hey, if this flu comes and hits our, the United States the way that we think it's going to do, we might have to close down schools for a while. And so we sat down and we talked, and I said, if we close down schools for a while, how do we do school? What? And that's kind of when the whole virtual movement started taking place, and we came up with this idea of an E-Day, and we talked with the State Department and got credit for um, allowing our students to work from home. And, you know, uh, I think... I don't, I can't say this for sure, but I, I think we were the first in the nation um, to do something like this. And um, so that was something that was really spectacular in that, and I know their whole kind of, the E-Day is so wrought with uh, different opinions and stuff like that. But in 2011, it was this idea of, you know, how can we keep education going when kids can't come to school. Lo and behold, we never knew there was going to be a pandemic. We didn't know, you know, what virtual learning was going to look like. And so that was pretty forward thinking on our part. Um, And a lot of people worked on it. And then another thing that we've done through the help of the foundation, we have this thing called Institute for Innovation. And it's where we've come up with the idea of, gosh, you know, our teachers are the ones who come up with all the great ideas in our school district. And so let's support them in that. And so I I think for the last eight, nine years, we've had this situation where teachers can apply to Institute for Innovation. They they tell us their idea, we vet it, and if we think it's possible, we fund it. And out of that, um, you know, we have people like Morgan Chatham at the high school who wanted whiteboards all around the room, not for whiteboard's sake, but to get kids out of the seat so they could move and be active while they learn math. And now we're redoing this, um, our facilities and in our secondary schools, every math um, classroom will have whiteboards all around. And so that was Morgan's idea. And um, there were, we have like four or five, six of those um, that we've, that have been birthed out of the Institute for Innovation. So that's been a great thing. Um, you know, the, the other thing that I, you know, in 2016, we were uh, honored as the distinguished district um, from ISTE, which is the International Society of Technology and Education. And um, it's an internet, obviously, it's an international group, and they give this award to one school district in the world. And in 2016, we won that award. And that's a huge honor for us. And really, in the last, uh, take COVID out for just a little bit and just, you know, all of our schools were over 50 years old, and we did an audit of our school district, um, got a report back. We've got a, a funding task force to look at everything that we did in our district and make recommendations. We took those recommendations and um, got with the city um, leaders, talked about how we could fund some of this stuff. 
we took it to the um, community. They voted on a tax increase. And because of that, now we're, you know, putting anywhere from 80 to $100 million in the first five years to revamp our facilities. And so those are all really huge deals. Um, so we're excited about it. I hear all those things, and I think what you have, and, and I've seen other great leaders in different aspects in terms of whether it's business or athletics or whatever, but that mentality of we, not me. And you talk about the community and the importance of if it's the tax vote or the teachers coming up with those great ideas for Institute for Innovation. You know, it, this, it's, a, it's an organization, Mount Brook Schools is an organization that um, seeks to serve and include every single one of its stakeholders. And uh, that's something we work to do every day. And you've been doing uh, even long before you were, in su- you were superintendent. So let's go into that now. Uh, you were at Mountain Brook High School before you were superintendent. And before that, you were in Georgia uh, as a teacher, as an administrator. So tell us just about your educational experience uh, growing up I believe in the state of Georgia, and kind of walk us through how you got here today to be the superintendent at Mountain Brook. Yeah, well, that's pretty much a miracle. <laughs> so um, I uh, I went to Tucker High School in Tucker, Georgia, which is right outside. It's been actually been eaten by Atlanta now. So um, Tucker used to be a small city um, outside of Atlanta, and so. Um, Went there, graduated from Tucker High School, and received a basketball scholarship to Georgia State University. Went and was playing basketball there, and that's really, I was, I had this dream. My father had his own business, and I was going to go in business with my father. Um, That's always what I thought I would do. Um, And after my sophomore year, basketball was pretty much my whole life at that early age in my life, and um, but it wasn't working out, so I left the team after my sophomore year, um, stayed at Georgia State, continued in school, and I went to my dad and I said, I know that we've talked about um, working together, but I really want to, I really want to coach basketball, and I want to prove that um, you can treat people with dignity and honor and still get the best out of them. And so he said, well, that's what you need to do then. So I changed my major, and the easiest way to hurry up and get into uh, teaching was through physical education. I thought it was that was going to be the easiest way. And I gradu- I actually, um, I was playing in the gym one day at Georgia State uh, in my free time, and they had a new coach, and he, count, he came and offered me another scholarship. And so... I went back and played at Georgia State for a couple more years and graduated from there and um, began teaching at a school called Brookwood High School in Snellville, Georgia, where their motto is everybody's somebody in Snellville. And um, so um, I coached basketball and thought I was going to teach physical education, and they said, you've got a lot of science classes, and I said, I do, and they said, we want you to teach science. So I went back to school and got my science certification and uh, got in the classroom, and I'll never forget that first day in the classroom. It was spectacular. It was like, oh gosh, this is what teaching is like. And so I really began to love teaching more than I loved coaching. Um, so I taught science for a number of years, became a head basketball coach, um, and then um, just ran into some difficult times. And I just felt like I needed to get out of education. So I got out of education and uh, 
you know, the proverbial, I'm going to go find myself. And uh, I didn't go to Colorado, but I still was trying to find myself. And um, You did your best. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then I got a job working outside of education for a while. And one day a friend of mine wrote me a letter and said, hey, you need to become an administrator um, and get back in education. And I thought that was pretty interesting. And then two weeks later, my former principal called me and said, hey, I want you to come and work at Brookwood High School again, but I want you to be a student intervention specialist. And I said, what's that? And he said, it's a, it's a position I just made up, and I want you to come, and I want you to find our kids that are falling through the cracks and not doing well because it was a huge high school. It was about 2,600 at that time, which was really big. In Grades 9 through 12. Right. Wow. That's about half the size of our school system, just yeah. for, for reverence. Yeah. A little bit bigger, actually. And so he said... I want you to find these kids that are having a hard time, and I want you to care for them. And so for four years, I was a student intervention specialist, and I would go get students out of class and walk them through the neighborhood and find out if there were any ways that I could help them be successful in school. Did that, and then when you do that kind of stuff, you find out a lot about school. They encouraged me to go back to school and finish my degree in administration, and I became an assistant principal at a different school in Gwinnett County. Stayed there for two years, and uh, Charles Mason was the uh, superintendent. He came from Gwinnett County also, and he was the superintendent of Mount Brook Schools, and he asked um, one of my best friends, a guy named David Stiles, to come and apply for the um, principal's job at Mount Brook High School, and David did and fell in love with Mount Brook, and it just so happened they, they needed an assistant principal too, and he said, go down there and look at Mount Brook High School, and I said, you know, Look, I'm single. I live in Buckhead in Atlanta. Why in the world would I want to move to Birmingham, Alabama? And so he said, just go look at it, Dickie. And so he said, I'll give you a day off. And so I took a day off, and I drove down here. Charles Mason met me at the high school. And the first thing I remember was walking through the mall, and I saw all these students sitting around just reading books and talking to one another. And, you know, and any other high school in America, people are put in, are in their classrooms with the doors shut and nobody's allowed out in the hallways. And these kids are sitting around just enjoying one another. And it just blew me away. And the more I found out about that high school, I ended up leaving for lunch and going, going to eat lunch in Homewood. And I called David Stiles um, from a restaurant in Homewood. And I said, hey, I don't know if you're going to offer me this job, but if you do, I'm going to take it. And so I ended up as an assistant principal 1996, 97 was my first year here and was assistant principal for six years. And then um, David Stiles moved to the central office and I applied for the principal's job and received that job and was there for six years. And then um, we knew that Dr. Mason was going to retire and they were looking for they did a national search, but at the time they said, are you interested? And I said, I really don't know if I am or not. I just was pretty newly married and, um, and didn't have a clue what a superintendent really did. And uh, they said, why don't you just come to the central office and work with Charles Mason for a year and see if that's something you're interested in. And so I did and applied for the job and um, – received the job in, you know, 2009, and uh, 
I'm on my 14th year. And here you go, 14 yeah. years in. Yeah. As, as superintendent, many, many years into education. You know, what would be, this is a very special community. You mentioned that the free period at the high school. You didn't even know what that was at the time. But what would your message be to members of this community, stakeholders, uh, students, teachers, staff, parents, community members, past, uh, present, and future in, in your position, in your experience, in what you've seen throughout the years at Mountain Brook, um, what would your message to them be of either appreciation or encouragement or just kind of realizing uh, w- where we are in the world and, and what we have here at Mountain Brook, especially as it pertains to Mountain Brook schools? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, or what would I say? I think it would be one of gratitude and the encouragement to um, – to look at the school system, because this really is an anomaly. Um, Mountain Brook it is. It's just, uh, it really is a special place. There's such quality people here. Um, and uh, I remember when I first came into the high school and I met a bunch of high school students, and I was intimidated because I felt like they were more mature than I was. And then um, the more I talked to them, I realized, oh, they really are just teenagers. But... Um, but it was such an um, interesting community in that uh, people do care for one another. Now, you know, I mean, we're a community and we're a microcosm of the United States, and so we, all, we have our problems and, um, and plenty of them. But holistically, when you look at this uh, school system in this community 30,000 feet um, above, you, you realize, oh, my goodness, what a joy it is to live here and what quality people there are. And the people who work in this school system are, uh, I mean, to me, it's really one of my greatest joys is to to be able to call so many of these people my friends. They're such a collaborative effort um, that uh, what I really need to do is get out of the way and help just give people direction. And people in this community work really hard and so my message of after being here for 26 years is one is thank you um, for allowing me to be a part of this community. I don't plan on going anywhere, but um, thank you. And secondly is let's all just take a deep breath and look and recognize how um, honored we are to be a part of this community. Because uh, yeah, people like you know Joel Rodenstreit and um, uh, you know, like I said, Charles Mason, and I could name name after name after name, Fred Reniker, um, you know, Mike Thompson, Jane Menendez, these people that were board members, J- Gary London, um, and then our board members now, J- you know, Jeffrey Brewer and Anna Comer and Nikki Barnes, and they're just great people that really kind of serve the community and, and give of themselves. And, uh, it's really quite humbling to, to watch that servant attitude that a lot of people have, and um, I'm just grateful to be a part of it. And I know I can speak on behalf of those I work with, those in the school system, those in the community, and as a product to the school system. Um, I hope that you can be pleased <laughs> you know, with me coming to work hmm. with you every day as I am a product of Mountain Brook Schools. Uh, but last last question for you here as we kind of close up things. We've talked about you know the present, and in winning the Superintendent of the Year Award for the state of Alabama, which is a tremendous recognition. And obviously, uh, in my opinion, and everyone around um, 
you know, Mount Brook School's opinion, of course, extremely, extremely deserving. We've talked about the past and kind of how you've gotten to where you are today. Uh, but I want to kind of leave it on this note of, of what are your goals for Mount Brook for the future? Is it to, to continue the success, to build the success? What would you say you want to see in the future? Yeah, well, you know, in the near future, I want to see the construction projects completed. Um, I want to see the, the high school and its finality, you know, um, and uh, just see um, our students use that to its maximum ability. And, uh, and like the junior high, I can't wait for it to be opened and for the community to see it. Um, and our other, all our other schools that didn't have major construction, but, you know, that every school would look brand new. So facility-wise, that's, that's what we're looking to do in the near future. And when we pass this uh, tax increase, you know, that the idea was this is potentially up to a 16-year um, project. Um, but then as far as academically and with the culture of our school is to continue to grow it, um, we, can, we always have room for improvement. We have a great school system. We do a lot of things that are just phenomenal. But the world changes, and education has to change in, the, in how we do it and how students are engaged. And our students are different now than they were five years ago, and those students are different than they were 10 years ago. So uh, there's always room for growth. And, you know, the way you grow is you, you look at what's going on around you. Um, you help encourage people to think outside the box and to think about where we're moving. And so we have a clear direction on what we want to do based on our um, purpose statement. And so we focus on that and we look at what our students have, what their potential is and what the world is going to be. Um, And, you know, because there's always that statement that people say is that, you know, we don't know the jobs that will be around in 10 years. They haven't even been created yet. And so we have to be nimble in education and continue to work to give our students the best opportunity to make the most out of their lives. And that's what we're going to do. Absolutely. All right, Dr. Dickie Barlow, the 2023 State Superintendent of Alabama, Superintendent of the Year. Congratulations. I'm William Galloway. I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, I like to do this on my personal podcast, but I want to congratulate you on behalf of the community in the city of Mountain Brook. I want to congratulate you on behalf of Mountain Brook Schools, and I'm going to let you close us out here on today's podcast. Well, thanks, William. You never give me the last word, so that's great. Um, No, you know, I... I'd say the same things I've said to other people is that I'm really honored to receive this award, but the truth is it's a team sport. And, uh, you know, when Bryce Young won the the Heisman Trophy Award, not comparing Superintendent of the Year to the Heisman, but when he won the Heisman, you know, he doesn't get that award if he doesn't have a great um, offensive line or a great defense or a great coach with them. And, and so really this is just, uh, this award recognizes the community and everybody that works in the school system. Um, it's really not about me, it's about us. And I know that sounds like, um, like I don't mean it, but I do mean it from my heart. Um, we have a phenomenal school system and a phenomenal community and, um, I really am grateful to all the people in it that um, 
I have the opportunity to work and grow here, and I'm thankful that my family has the opportunity to grow up here too. And so, uh, so yeah, it's a great place to be. All right, that's it for the Mountain Brook Schools podcast. We thank you for listening. Congratulations to Dr. Barlow, the 2023 Superintendent of the Year for the state of Alabama. You can listen to the Mountain Brook Schools podcast anywhere you get your podcast. You can also check us out on social media at MTN Brook Schools and visit our website, www.mtnbrook.k12.al.us.